Hello and welcome to the Mythical Storytelling Podcast. I'm your host and storyteller, Shinjan. I've always been fascinated by the myths and the stories behind those myths in cultures throughout the world. So if you, like me, are interested in exploring these stories behind the myths, then this is the right podcast for you. So without further ado, let's start with today's story. Today's story is the third and final chapter of The Labors of Hercules as retold by Robert Graves. Brought to you by Holiday Whisperers, your bespoke and personal holiday plan. Visit holidaywhisperers.co.uk today for all the help you need and want to plan your next holiday. And the best part is that it's completely free. So get onto that website now. Also, if you're an aspiring podcaster like me and don't know where to start, check out buzzsprout.com. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and the best way to launch, promote and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and more within minutes of finishing your recording. And if you sign up for a paid plan through the link in the description, you will receive a $20 Amazon gift voucher. How cool is that? Right, let's continue with the story now. So far in the last two episodes, we have learned how Eurystheus had set Hercules to carry out 10 difficult labors, which he did complete on time. But on Hera's advice, Eurystheus disputed with Hercules and has asked him now to carry out two very dangerous labors. The first was to fetch the golden apples of the Hesperides from the far west. These apples were the fruit of a tree once given by Mother Earth to Hera as a wedding present. The Hesperides the Titan Atlas's daughters tended the tree and laden an unsleeping dragon coiled around it. Hercules visited the Caucasus to ask Prometheus's advice. As we know from episode 1, Prometheus was chained here with a vulture that was eating his flesh. Prometheus welcomed him, saying, Please drive off that vulture. It prevents me from thinking clearly. Hercules not only drove away the vulture, but shot it dead and begged Zeus to forgive Prometheus. Zeus, who felt that the punishment had lasted quite long enough, kindly allowed Hercules to break the chains. However, he ordered Prometheus always to wear an iron finger ring as a reminder of his slavery. This was how rings first came into fashion. Prometheus now warned Hercules not to pick the apples himself, because any mortal who did would drop dead at once. Persuade some immortal to pick them for you, he suggested. After a farewell feast, Hercules sailed toward Morocco. On reaching Tangier, he walked inland to where Atlas, the rebellious titan, was holding up the heavens. Hercules asked, If I take on your duty for an hour, will you be willing to pick me three apples from your daughter's tree? Certainly, said Atlas. If you first kill the unsleeping dragon, Hercules drew his bow and shot Laden over the garden wall. Then he stood behind Atlas and straddling his legs wide apart, took the weight of the heavens on his head and shoulders. Atlas climbed the wall, greeted his daughters, stole the apples and shouted to Hercules, Be good enough to stay there just a little longer while I carry these apples to Eurystheus. With my huge legs, I should be back here in an hour's time. Though Hercules knew 
that Atlas would never deliver the apples but go off to rescue the other titans instead and start a new rebellion, he pretended to trust him. With pleasure, he answered, if you will please take the weight from me again for one moment more while I fold up this lion's skin to make a comfortable head pad, Atlas laid down the apples and did as Hercules asked. Hercules then took the apples and walked away. You tried to trick me, he said laughing, but I have tricked you. Goodbye. As Hercules went home through Libya, a gigantic son of Mother Earth by name Antaeus challenged him to a wrestling match. Hercules oiled himself all over so that Antaeus could not get a firm grip on him. Antaeus, on the contrary, rubbed himself with sand. Every time Hercules threw Antaeus hard to the ground, he was surprised to see him rise again stronger than ever because touching Mother Earth renewed his strength. Realizing what he must do, Hercules lifted Antaeus off the ground, cracked his ribs and held him aloft out of Mother Earth's reach until he died. A month later, Hercules brought the apples safely to Eurystheus. The last and worst labor was to capture the dog Cerberus and drag him up from Tartarus. Cerberus is the three-headed dog guarding the gates of Hades, the underworld. On receiving this order, Hercules went for purification to Ulysses, where Demeter's mysteries were held. Demeter was the goddess of agriculture. The mysteries were religious rites in her honor. After cleansing of all defilement at the Ulysses, Hercules boldly descended to Tartarus. Charon, who was the boatman who ferried souls of the dead across the river to Hades, refused to ferry a life mortal across the stake the river of Hades. I will wreck your boat, Hercules threatened, and fill you as full of arrows as a hedgehog is full of prickles. Sharon shivered in terror and ferried him across. Hades, the ruler of the underworld, afterwards punished Sharon for his cowardice. Hercules saw Theseus and Peritheus stuck to Hades' bench and being whipped by the Furies. The Furies were the three female spirits who punished evildoers. Hercules gave Theseus an enormous tug and wrenched him free, though a large part of his back stayed behind. But finding it impossible to release Peritheus except with an axe, he left him there. Persephone, as we know from a previous episode, was the daughter of Zeus and Demeter, abducted by Hades to be his wife in the lower world. Persephone darted from the palace and took Hercules by both hands. Can I help you, dear Hercules? She asked. Be kind enough to lend me your watchdog for a few days, your majesty. He can run home again as soon as I have shown him to Eurystheus. Persephone turned to King Hades. Please, husband, grant Hercules what he asks. This is a task set him on your sister-in-law, Hera's advice. He promises not to keep our dog Cerberus. Hades answered, Very well, and he may take that fool Theseus back too while he is about it. Still, I must make it a rule that he masters Cerberus without the use of club or arrows. Hades thought this as a safe condition, but Hercules' lion skin was proof against the blows Cerberus' barbed tail, and his strong hands squeezed Cerberus' throat until all three heads turned black. Cerberus fainted and let himself be dragged upon earth. Unfortunately, 
the only tunnel wide enough for him was the one that came out near Mariandine beside the Black Sea. So Hercules had a long and difficult journey. Before starting, he took a branch of the white poplar with him for a trophy and wore it as a wreath. Eurystheus was nearly scared to death when Hercules appeared, dragging Cerberus behind him on a leash. Thank you, noble Hercules, he said. You are now free of your labors, but please send that brood back at once. Hercules returned to Thebes, where his mother, Alcimene, welcomed him joyfully. Then Hera thought of a clever plot. She told Autolycus to steal a herd of dappled mares and foals from a man named Ephetus, change their color, and sell them to Hercules. Ephetus tracked the herd all the way to Tyrrhenes by their footprints and asked Hercules whether he had taken them by any chance. Hercules led Ephesus to the top of a high tower and said grimly, Look around you. Can you see any dapple mares in my pastures? No, answered Ephetus. But I know that they are somewhere about. Hercules, losing his temper at being thought a thief and a liar, flung Ephetus over the battlements. The gods sentenced Hercules to be the slave of Queen Omphale of Lydia. The money he fetched at his sale, which Hermes had arranged, went to Ephetius' orphan children. Omphale, who did not know who Hercules was, asked him what he could do. Anything you like, madam, he answered readily. So she made him dress as a woman, in a yellow petticoat, handed him a distaff and showed him how to spin wool. Hercules found the world very restful. One day, a gigantic dragon started eating Omphale's Lydian subjects and he said to Hercules, You look a strong man. Dare you fight the dragon? At your service, madam. Dragons were nothing to Hercules. He shot a poisoned arrow between this dragon's jaws and Omphale gratefully gave him his freedom. Later, Hercules married a princess named Dianeira, a daughter of the god Dionysus, and founded the Olympic Games, which were to be held every four years, as long as the world should last. He ruled that the winners of each event were to be given wreaths instead of the usual valuable prizes, because he had not been paid for his labors either. No man dared wrestle against Hercules, which disappointed the spectators. However, King Zeus kindly came down from Olympus. He and Hercules had a wonderful tussle together. The match ended in a draw and everyone cheered. Hercules now took vengeance on kings who had treated him scornfully while he was performing his labors, including Augeas, and killed the three of Eurystheus' sons. Zeus forbade him to attack Eurystheus himself. That would set a bad example to other freed slaves. The river god Achilles challenged Hercules to a fight but lost a horn in the struggle. Hercules also fought the god Ares and sent him hobbling back to Olympus. One day, a centaur named Nisus offered to carry Hercules' wife, Danaera, across a flooded river for a small fee. Hercules paid the money, but Nisus, having reached the farther bank, galloped off with Danaera in his arms. Hercules shot Nisus at a distance of half a mile using one of the arrows dipped in the hydra's blood. The dying Nisus whispered to Danaera, Collect a little of my blood in this small oil jar. Then if Hercules ever loves a woman more than you, here is a sure charm to use. The oil will keep my blood from drying up. Spread it on his shirt. He will never be unfaithful again. Goodbye. Danaera did, as Nasus advised. While still serving Eurystheus, 
Hercules had taken part in an archery contest proposed by King Eurystheus of Ocalea, the prize of which was his daughter Iole. Eurytus boasted himself the best archer in Greece and felt very cross at being beaten by Hercules. He shouted, My daughter is a princess. I cannot possibly marry her to Eurystheus' slave. The competition is void. Remembering this insult some years later, Hercules sacked Ocalea, killed Eurystheus, and took away Iole with her two sisters to scrub floors and cook. Dianeira feared he might fall in love with Iole, who was very beautiful. When he sent a messenger home, asking Dianeira for his best embroidered shirt, she thought he wants to wear it when he marries Iole. So she smeared some of Nessus's blood on the red embroidery of the shirt, where it did not show, and handed it to the messenger. Hercules really needed the shirt for a thanksgiving sacrifice to Zeus after the capture of Ocalea. He put it on and was pouring wine on the altar when he suddenly felt as though he were be beaten by scorpions. The head of his body had melted the hydrous poison in Nasus' blood. He yelled, bellowed, shrieked and knocked over the altar and tried to rip off the shirt, but the great lumps of flesh came away too. His blood hissed with poison, then he jumped into a stream when the poison burned him worse than before. Hercules knew that he was doomed. He begged his friends in an unsteady voice, Please, carry me to Mount Oeta and build a pike of oak and wild olive. They obeyed, weeping. Hercules climbed onto the platform at the top and calmly lay down on his lion skin, using his club for a pillow. He let himself be burned to death. The fire hurt far less than the hydra's poison. Zeus felt proud of his brave son. He told the Olympias, Hercules will be our porter and marry my daughter Hebe, the goddess of youth. If anyone objects, I shall throw thunderbolts. Rise, noble soul of Hercules. Welcome to Olympus. Zeus looked so fierce that Hera dared say nothing. Hercules' immortal soul ascended on a cloud and Athene soon introduced him to the other gods. Only Ares turned his back. But when Demeter begged him not to be a fool, he too shook hands with Hercules, rather rudely. Deonera, hearing that she had caused Hercules' death, took a sword and stabbed herself. Thank you for listening to today's story. I hope you have enjoyed it. If you have any thoughts or comments, you can reach out to me on my Twitter. My handle is blabberingshin or you can email me at iamshinjan at gmail.com so that is i-a-m-s-h-i-n-j-a-n at gmail.com please subscribe to my podcast if you've liked my work and don't forget to share it with your friends and family i look forward to entertaining you with more mythical stories like this going forward adios